Hello, everybody. Welcome to Nonsense Podcast, episode 23. My good buddy, Mike Baldwin. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about Biden trying to start World War III. We're going to talk about the Damar Hamlin conspiracy, uh, Jelaine Maxwell and the Epstein list, uh, a David Icke book that I've been reading. Uh, we might talk a little bit about Alex Jones and uh, hockey and gay pride night. I should have sent you that video. I meant to. Uh, but I did not. And the guy who claimed Trump was colluding with Russia has been arrested for colluding with Russia. <laughs> you can't make this shit up, man. Uh, so how you doing, man? Uh, I'm all right. I'm getting over a few days of sickness, but I don't know what it was. And I refuse to find out. <laughs> I just know that I felt like shit for a few days, but now I'm starting to feel better. Yeah. Um. Not COVID. It's not COVID. We know that for a fact. It doesn't matter, though. That's my point. Like, everybody that I've told, like, I'm sick. They're like, did you get a test? Is it COVID? And I'm like, what What does it matter, dude? Like, if, it, if it's positive, then I'm like, all right, well, I still feel like shit. I'm going to stay home. And if it's negative, I'm like, well, I still feel like shit. I'm going to stay home. Like, it changes nothing. People just want to be like, I have it. Oh, no, I have the thing that everybody's scared of. Yeah. Yeah, I like when people are like, I have, I, I, I've been in the house for two days. COVID sucks. I'm like, being sick sucks. What do you, you know, it all sucks. Right. It's not like before COVID, everybody was just like, hell yeah, stomach flu, baby. It's like you just feel like shit about once a year between... Some people get sick like five times a year. Some people don't get sick for like a decade. I haven't thrown up from non-alcohol related things in like 25 years. I haven't thrown up from alcohol in almost eight years since I quit drinking alcohol. But like I haven't had a good like puke because I'm sick puke in since I was a teenager or something. So yeah, I've been pretty little, lucky as far as that goes. My little boy is sick all the time, it seems like, you know, because he goes to like this place called the Little Gym and he gets, uh, shit, what's wrong with my light here? Um, he gets all these little kid germs all over the place and, and he's just constantly seems like he's sick and then he starts to get better and gets goes right back to um, being sick. So I don't know, just the fucking world we live in now. But I seem to never get sick. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I feel like that's probably good for him at that age to like get that salesman's immunity or whatever, you know, and like fight it off while his body is still producing like stem cells and shit. I don't know if that if it actually is, but I know little kid bodies are doing different shit. So it needs to have those germs in there so it can be like, I need to fight you off. So then it'll be like you later in life and like never get sick. Yeah, you know, and as soon as I said that, I was like, well, that's bullshit, Gaither, because I flirt with getting sick all the time, and then it just goes away. Yeah, I mean, that's how mine is. Like, comedy turns sickness off immediately. Like, if they, if I have to go on stage, the moment they say my name, like, any pain or tiredness or sickness or anything just disappears for the time that I'm on stage. So I'm not worried about that, but... Yeah, like I always seem to get sick on a Monday after I had a show somewhere. So it's like my body was fighting it off, keeping it at bay all weekend. And then it's like, all right, the shows are over. Let's fucking kick this into high gear now. 
Yeah, it's funny you say that. And I bet a lot of comedians are that way. I think it's like the adrenaline of it and all that. But like I've been I've had like my back thrown out. I've done 45 minutes, like literally leaning over a stool before. Um, but I've been sick. I've had, uh, you know, I get migraines. I think I've only gotten one of those like as I was walking on stage. And that was a long fucking set. Um, I've been heartbroken and like depressed about some chick or whatever. And then for that 45 minutes to an hour that I'm up there, it's completely gone. I'm fine. And then I can step off stage and just feel terrible about start crying immediately. (laughs) That was so funny up there. She would have enjoyed it. I miss her. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I've been all of those things. Also, I had kidney stones once and did a, feature set 30 minutes or whatever but yeah then i went to the hospital it's a, another story but it doesn't matter yeah before we get into all this shit that's going on in the world uh tell us real quickly about your kansas city weekend because you're trying to work out some new stuff right oh yeah man it was great like i have a, a couple comedy albums out already so my big task now is to like stop doing the jokes that are on those first two albums which i still do all the time even though I shouldn't, you know, but like, there's still good jokes. We've talked about that, like, and not everybody's seen them. So why not just do them? Uh, so yeah, so I went through first, I had to go through and listen to my albums, which God talk about fucking cringe, dude. Like I just hate listening to my old comedy, but so I went through and listened to all that and made a list of the jokes and then went through all my notes. I haven't even gone through all my notes yet. I probably went through a a quarter of my notes and just found a ton of shit that I had like done once and then just kind of forgot about. And I was like, Oh, well that's related to dating. And this is related to dating and Holy shit. I've got like 25 dating jokes so I can like put all those together. And I like printed shit out and had paper up on stage with me. I was that guy that weekend and it but it all worked you know like uh so yeah i've definitely got enough to do a new set but now i just have to practice it and like figure out where everything goes and that was a lot of the fun of the weekend was like having the audience be like oh that should have been earlier because if you had and i was like i know right and then i did it the correct way the next night you know and uh, so yeah, no, it was fun. It was good. And now I'm going to Springfield this weekend and I'm probably going to do the same thing again. Uh, except I'm going to print out a new thing since I've made changes since last week. But yeah, hopefully by the time we get around to doing this recording and stuff, then I'll have like a solid thing all set up. But, and I didn't even do any, I didn't no political stuff, no coronavirus stuff. Like I don't know how topical the coronavirus stuff is going to be in a year, you know? Yeah. A lot of it's not even topical now. Like I used to have jokes about ventilators and shit. And now people are like, what? Like, I don't even remember. And I'm like, remember in the beginning, the ventilator thing. And they're like, I don't remember that. So that's like a whole joke that I don't even get to do anymore. But yeah, on Mondays when I do that open mic that I've been doing, um, I think I'm just going to print out. I'm always trying to make 9-11 funny. <laughs> and sometimes like I'll be in the right mood and I'll just nail it. And I'm like, all right, do that every time. And then the next time I'm not necessarily in the mood or the crowd's completely different or they just look at me like I have a third eyeball. And it's just frustrating, man. It's like I asked, 
I asked Carl LeBeau, a Bill Hicks, somebody that Bill Hicks started out with. I'm like, how did he do all that shit that was so controversial? And he's like, well, you have to remember he ate it a lot. And he also told me that he never swam too far away from Dick Joke Island. Like you've got to have something you know works or something kind of safe after like doing something that may alienate the crowd or, or right. Um, so yeah, it's very tricky comedy, you know, unless you're doing the same act for 15 years, 20 years, then it's easy as fuck. But, um, but yeah, people don't understand how difficult it, it really is, you know, and how much goes into it and how it's not just like, you know, well, I could do that. And it's like, no, you fucking couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like Jason Dixon, who has all these comedy pearls. You know, he's like, if you're good at comedy, you make it look easy. So everybody thinks it's easy and they get up there and try it. And they're like, holy shit, that's, you know, I'm like, yeah, I know. It's hard. Yeah. I, I always liked that guy. He had some good jokes. Yeah. The last thing I'll say before we start is about with politics is that, uh, my favorite Jason Dixon line is that somebody was eating shit. He would come up to me and be like, now the crowd is like an abused housewife. <laughs> He's like, they want to like you, but they're scared too. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that was funny. Um, I was just reading some stuff about how, uh, you know, it seems like they're trying to get in front of this whole people dropping dead thing, you know? Um, so now they're putting out articles like it's the uh, eggs. Studies show eggs are causing blood clots. Yeah, I was just reading that, and I'm like, I hope not. I eat the shit out of eggs. <laughs> yeah, Man. I don't think that that's what it is, but that's a whole separate conspiracy theory about why there's an egg shortage right now. And I was w watching some video that a girl made about, uh, like, if you have a, a chicken farm that produces eggs and stuff, like you, there's only like two or three suppliers that you can get your chicken feed from and the girl was saying like ever since they've been required to buy this particular new chicken feed like they're just not making hardly any eggs anymore and this other lady was like mine was the same way and i totally stopped and i started feeding them this whatever this other thing was and fucking eggs back to normal and so this lady was like there's a they're fucking trying to cause this but I don't know how much of that's true or not. Yeah, I was just watching. You know, sometimes I, I still have an AOL account. I don't know why, but I do. And we got like one booker that emails me on AOL. So I check it sometimes and I, I end up, I get caught up in their, in their news feed, if that's what you want to call it. And one of the things was don't buy Costco eggs. And I'm like, well, fuck, if that's not true. You know, Costco's probably going to get pissed off at you guys for just saying that shit. Like, what's the difference between Costco eggs and, I don't know, man. Sometimes I think they throw so many things at us that it makes it impossible to know exactly what to believe. Um, yeah, I, I saw a Twitter thread the other day that this guy was like uh, nine things to not eat or something like that. And it was basically like salmon, red meat, chicken, greens, fucking pasta bread it was and he just listed all foods basically and all the responses were like so what the fuck am i supposed to eat then like you literally just listed everything yeah yeah i don't know i saw another one that said blood or uh, video games are causing heart attacks in uh in the youth if you're susceptible to it they're causing heart attacks now so 
I think I I think it's worth pointing out once again just the utter hypocrisy of during COVID, a 90-year-old woman would die in a hospital bed and people would say that this was preventable and we should do something to, to stop this from happening. And now people are literally just dropping dead all over the place and people are like, eh, you know, God works in mysterious ways. And it's like, fucking how do you compare those two? I don't know. Yeah, and I think we talked about this last week, but, and if you say, well, did they have the vaccine? People are like, that's disrespectful. They just died. I'm like, what the fuck's that have to do with anything? I don't understand that logic at all. I asked a guy that today on Instagram who was going off about, because some other football player dropped dead, some ex-NFL player, he's 25 years old, and he had a heart attack and died. And, uh, you know, somebody was like, did they have the vax? And this guy went off on him about how disrespectful he is. And I'm like, what's the logic behind that? What's the brainwashed logic behind you making people feel like they're disrespectful for asking how they died? You know? Yeah. Anyway, blows my well, mind. And, and it's like totally okay for them to ask my vac status in order to get on a fucking airplane or like go to a government building or whatever the case during the the early rollout you know but i'm not allowed to ask if you've if you've had it now i don't know it seems weird to me just uh, it's all hypocrisy you know yeah i've i've you know i live in sort of a bubble like i don't see a lot of stuff that people from like the left or whatever you want to call them uh post anymore but i have gone to a few recently and like i went to amy schumer somehow i came across her so i clicked on her profile just to see and she's got like four and a half million followers and yet she would post something like how trump sucks or whatever and it would only get like a hundred likes which if you that's like that's like me with my 1200 followers or whatever getting zero you know it's even worse almost or she'll put up a date like hey i'm gonna be here and like 75 people like that comment and i'm like well aren't you supposed to be huge like you've got all these numbers and you're so anti-trump and it seems like and then i went to this obama this lady who was like totally about michelle obama and michelle obama had uh, i thought it was hillary clinton that said when they go low we go high or whatever um, but I guess it was Michelle Obama, and that was this lady's pinned tweet, and she's all about Michelle Obama. And, like, I would say 50, at least 50 to 1, positive, negative versus positive of the comments were like, yeah, she's a dude, and fuck Michelle Obama. Her and her husband ruined this country, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this is a pro-Democrat person. Like, it seems like even the Democrats are like, I can't defend this shit anymore. And if you still think like Joe Biden is doing a good job and like Trump's this and whatever, I feel like your Trump derangement syndrome is never going to be fixed. And the media is doing everything they can to keep people in that on that side. But I don't think it's working anymore. You know, like they're still talking about Joe Biden in his 2024 run. I'm like, that dude is not going to run again. And if he does, can you imagine how fucked up this country would be? If Joseph Robinette Biden was the president for four more years after this shit storms over, if he even makes it. But I mean, yeah, I, I can imagine it, but I don't like the things that I imagine. Yeah, it would be awful. And I, I just 
I can't imagine his family being okay with it. Like, uh, I mean, I don't think they give a fuck about that. I don't think they care about his well-being or anything. I think they just all care about money. I mean, that seems pretty clear from the Biden laptop and stuff like that, that they're like a money family, a business family, and Biden's the fucking Joe Biden is the leader. He's he's the big guy. Yeah. Um, do we want to start with the video or do we want to start talking about Damar Hamlin? Um, well, I guess we can. Uh, let's play this, uh, the video with the guy running there first, and that'll ease us into Damar Hamlin nicely. Okay. And we also need to talk about Biden trying to start World War Three. That was my first topic, but we kind of quit. T- we didn't talk about it. Uh, which we one? Will. Which one is him running? I see a hospital bed. I see Rogan. So it's got to be this guy with the T-shirt that says "Use these, these" or something. No, it'll be the yeah, the hospital bed. I think. Oh, okay. Are you or a loved one suffering from a medical coincidence? You want proper medical care, but you don't want people sniffing around asking a whole bunch of questions about what might be causing your problem. At the Kaufman Institute for Coincidence, we won't look into the cause of your heart or other problem. We'll just fix it. That's right. We promise to only look at your symptoms. We won't get all curious looking for causes because that could get your employer or your doctor into some legal hot water. And nobody wants that. At Kaufman, we understand that coincidence is now the leading cause of death. Hey, we've got another coincidence over here. If we want to operate at the speed of science, there's no time for looking for causes. No pesky questions about drugs or vaccines you may have been given. At Kaufman, we specialize in the effects and leave the causes to the conspiracy theorists. And let's be honest, we know the cause anyway. It was a coincidence, right? For each new patient, Kaufman's talented team of doctors strap on their blinders and look directly at the problem area, usually the heart, just like the CDC recommends. Our main campus now treats myocarditis, blood clots, heart arrhythmia, Stroke, heart attack, magnetic skin, difficulty breathing, full body blisters and burning, convulsions, kidney failure, memory loss, cancer, sudden death, and much, much more. Give your coincidence the attention it deserves, but not the wrong kind of attention. At Kaufman, schedule your appointment today at KaufmanCoincidence.com and receive a doctor's note with a real sciencey sounding explanation to provide to your anti-vax friends, proving to them it was definitely not the vaccine that caused your coincidence. Kaufman, because coincidences happen pretty much all the time. I know that's not supposed to be, well, it is supposed to be funny, but it, it, the subject matter isn't funny, but holy shit, is it funny. Yeah, that was a pretty well done little commercial there. I don't know. I didn't check who the original people were that made it. Was it the Babylon Bee that did that? or I don't even know. I don't know either. That's okay, though. Yeah. Moving right along. Uh, so, yeah, Damar Hamblin, uh, that's it, its whole own separate conspiracy theory is like, who the fuck was that at the Bills game? And why, if it was actually Damar Hamblin, is that his name, Damar Hamblin? Yeah. If it was actually him, why didn't he show his face and like wave and like, hey, guys, it's me. I'm okay. You know, thanks for your support. That kind of shit. How come he hasn't made a video or anything like that? It's just a hooded 
it looked like Kanye or something when he did his Alex Jones interview, just a complete mask over his face. And they're like, yeah, that's him without a doubt. Yeah, I, I don't understand that either. And uh, I, I don't know why if, if if he's got like facial paralysis or whatever, which some people were claiming that's what his issue was. Um, why wouldn't he just stay home? I mean, it's it's more legit to me to be like, well, he's still recovering, so he's not here than it is to try to parade him around but not show his face. Um, and, and again, that's one of those things where you would think it would just be like if it was a conspiracy, it would just be a pocket full of people and the rest of them would be like, you're ridiculous. And Or why doesn't he put up a video on Twitter? Just a quick, I'm fine. I appreciate you guys. You know, I'm still recovering, but I love all of you. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Unless he's dead. Yeah. I mean, I... I I'm sorry. I'm sorry if it's disrespectful, but I think there's a very good chance that he is dead. And I, I understand why people are like, well, that's a lot of people to um, be in on it and to be lying and all that. But I've been reading this David Icke book. I wish I had it in front of me, but it's uh, called Alice in Wonderland. It's all about 9-11. And he's talking about like, he goes into like all this, all the stuff and all the ways that the Illuminati um, are able to to uh, control the masses, and it's not as hard as you would think, and it's not an easy read, but it all makes sense. Like you have to reread some of this stuff a few times, um, but it, it and, and it's it's not as hard as, as you would think is the gist of it. Um, well, in in that ex- in this exact situation, I mean, no, it's not hard. Like all of the announcers and everybody that we've heard talk about it want to believe this. So when their producer or their boss or whatever is like, Hey, that's him. And he's alive and talk about how great it is. They're just like, hell yeah, this is great. So they're, I don't think they're tricking anybody. (coughs) Yeah. What's your, (laughs) what's your opinion of it? Do you think, uh, you think he's dead or, I don't know. I hadn't even really until we just started talking about it. My two options were dead or alive and fine. I didn't consider alive, but maybe paralyzed or still fucked up or something like that. Um, But if that's the case, like you said, why even have any why have a guy show up at the game and say it's him? If, if it's, I don't understand it. That's why it's such a cool thing to talk about because it's like so crazy. But then I, I was watching a uh, Tim pool the other day and he made a valid point. Like maybe it's, it was like DeMar's agent or like his friends or whatever that, that would be like, dude, like we need to keep this, like your charities made millions of dollars since this thing happened. Like we need to keep you in the news as much as we possibly can. And they're like, well, just go to the game. Like that'll put you in the news. They're like, no, 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 go to the game, wear sunglasses, wear a mask, like cover yourself up. So then people will talk like maybe it wasn't even him. And then you'll be an even bigger news story. And then all these people that are going to be rushing to defend you and be like, it was him and he's fine. Like they're going to donate more money to your charity just to support you because of all these fucking MAGA people that are disrespecting you or whatever. And I don't know if that's true or not either, but it's interesting. 
Yeah, and people made some valid points. Like, if he had had all the chest compressions that they said he did for nine minutes straight and all that, then he wouldn't be able to be waving his hands the way he was. And other people were saying, and if he still needs oxygen, then he wouldn't have a fucking mask on, especially with nobody around. Um, I I guess that little kid was next to him in the um, video. And I didn't see the game, but people were saying that, like, Buffalo played like shit, like the worst they played all year and – I don't know what that would have to do with it necessarily, but because they're like, dude, I I've been to the hospital. I saw the guy and that's not the fucking guy. And they're like, get out there and play fellas. And they're like, what is going on? (laughs) And then they have to go play football. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I don't think it's ever happened in history that someone was injured. I mean, back in the day, some guy literally died on the field and they were just like, game on. You know, they didn't stop the game. I don't know. It just it just all seems like theater, and it makes you wonder, if it is theater, how much other shit is theater? Like, is it beyond the realm of possibility that, that the whole George Floyd thing wasn't true? And that, I mean, you have to admit, the timing of what happened with George Floyd was very suspect. Like, it was just a very weird, like, progression that week. It's almost like... It's almost like the shootings. There's never just one. It's always like three or four in a week. And leading up to George Floyd, I remember there was like an incident in the park and there was uh, um, another Kool-Aid thing, you know, like this kid trying to sell Kool-Aid and the, somebody calling the cops on him because he was a black kid. And, and, then, and then George Floyd. And I, I've said that exact same scenario before on this podcast. And, and I don't mean to disrespect anybody who's dead. And if that really went down the way they said it did, then... That's awful, you know, but I don't know, man. It just makes you wonder how, how, how fucking much theater goes into any of this shit, you know? God damn it. I keep kicking the tripod that my camera's on. I need to figure out a better system next week. But yeah, I mean, I, uh, I don't want to disrespect anybody or anything either, but if you're going to murder a guy by putting your knee on his neck, it's going to take about 30 seconds. If you're trying to murder a guy with your knee on his neck, if you are placing your knee on a guy's back and shoulder and neck for a, a couple seconds, but also back and shoulder for how long, 19 minutes or whatever. And the guy's talking to you the whole time. That's probably not you murdering him. That's just, and that they had, uh, I don't know if it was a coroner or a police officer or whatever, like in the trial that was like, no, like he had enough fentanyl in his system to fucking kill a horse. And like, and then they had the video, the body cam footage where you can see, or I mean, I guess it's maybe not a hundred percent, but I feel like you can see him put something in his mouth and the naysayers are like, that's him eating the rest of his fentanyl. So he didn't get busted with fentanyl, you know? Yeah. And doing that could easily lead to your death 30 minutes later. Yeah. So I don't know. I think they really just wanted a reason to riot. I think they, it just, it painted a good picture of Trump's racist America and all that stuff. And I don't know. It's, uh, it's weird. I also heard that completely un- unrelated, but maybe completely related that they're, they're going to finally release the Pelosi 
body cam footage from the. Cop. I heard that too. I was I checked before we got on today. I was hoping that it would come out before we started so we could have it on here, but I, it hasn't come out yet. But I don't know. What do you think it's going to be? You think it's going to be him like with his arm around his gay lover and just like, hi, officers, come on in. <laughs> or do you think he's going it, to, it's true. Do you think the way that they said it is how it really happened? I don't trust one word they say about anything. I, I, I never thought growing up a child of the eighties and red dawn and, and uh, Rocky and Rambo and all that shit that I would ever trust Vladimir Putin more than I do, but than our president, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a, it's kind of a weird world that we live in. Cause it's like, I know America competes with Russia, but I'm not scared of Russia the same way that I'm scared of my U S government, you know? Yeah. I feel like we as Americans could stop Russia pretty easily, but I feel like we as Americans can't stop our government as easily. So they seem like a bigger threat to me. And everybody's like, don't worry about the U.S. government. We've got everything under control. Worry about those guys. And I'm like, but I'm not worried. Well, and you have to also be not paying attention at all to realize that, you know, like, all this stuff about us, now we've sent U.S. tanks or whatever, Bradley tanks, um, into, you know, trying to escalate the war uh, with for, between Ukraine and Russia and pissing Russia off at the same time that all these investigations are finally coming out. I mean, the timing of all this stuff is always, if you start looking at the patterns of it, um, it's pretty cyclical in that regard, like... Um, you know, I, I don't always listen to Alex Jones, but I did listen to him a little bit yesterday. And he was talking about how they're trying to start World War Three. And people can think Alex Jones is crazy. And sometimes when I do listen to him and he gets all fired up and starts screaming and talking about they're fucking demons and gets all, you know, I'm like, dude, you're <laughs> you're 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 making it worse for the people who already. All right. But I also understand why he gets so fired up because I don't get Alex Jones level of fired up, but sometimes, man, and especially if I, if I see it or see something that gets under me right before I go on stage, then I can be the way I want to be on stage. Like I have the, the venom, so to speak, that I need, like where I get all fired up about it and, and just start saying shit with no worry about how they're going to, you know, how, who's gonna it's so much easier to do that at an open mic too than like a regular show that you're getting paid for you know to just you know unless you're a big deal to just go off about your feelings about things because sometimes people really appreciate that i did a bar gig and just fucking went nuts about that stuff all this stuff covid and everything 9-11 and all the lies and theater and bullshit and people were emailing me the next day like that's real comedy we really appreciate what you did and and, you know, and I was like, I, I did it. I turned a corner and then I went and did some gig where they're paying me two grand or whatever. And I'm like, I better not. I better right. not. Right. You're like, hello, everybody. <laughs> Here's some family friendly jokes for you. Yeah, it's, it's fucking difficult. But anyway, um, so should we bring up speaking of Alex Jones, you want to bring up the you want to watch the Joe Rogan? Yeah, it's a, that's a quick one. The, a couple of these are quick. One of them's a little longer, but I'll. I'll give you the preview or whatever. 
Yeah, this one's quick, and I just found it interesting because uh, Alex Jones is right about a lot of stuff. No matter how you feel about the guy, he is right about a lot of things. Struggle to make the pyramids today. But you have to realize there's 2,300,000 stones in the Great Pyramid of Egypt, and some of them are cut from a quarry that's hundreds of miles away. And these are massive, massive stones that were cut with such precision. In some of the areas where you look at the stones, you can't even get a razor blade in between those rocks. And these are massive stones. It's all rough and fucked up on the outside, but it didn't used to be like that. It used to be flat and smooth, to the point where it's probably polished and reflective. And the amount of calculations that are involved, and the amount of precision that has to be involved, this design, you can't have any errors when you get to the top. You, you have so many stones, a, a, a millimeter here, a millimeter there. You get to the top, you're all fucked up. All right. Well, that wasn't it, but that was a good one, too. <laughs> the other one is the Alex Jones one. That one is interesting, and it's about the aliens, basically, and the pyramids. And I've always been like, how did they, how is that possible? With How is that possible? It would even it'd be very hard to do today with the shit we have, much less thousands of years ago. Um but that is completely off topic because we were talking about Alex Jones and and uh, do we have the other video with him? Yeah, it's the other the other one that's there. Just uh, yeah, click it immediately. We don't have to. Okay. Who were telling me about Epstein and this island years ago? You were telling me long before anybody. I think you told me about him before his first arrest. A long time ago, I talked about how they have these islands, they, they fly, they compromise children. But I learned all this from Ted Gunderson 20-plus years ago. He was in line to be the FBI director. He was the head of the FBI in Los Angeles. He was a very famous FBI agent. He even ran COINTELPRO. It's a civil rights movie. He apologized for that before he died uh, in the 2011. But he came out, and he was the one that explained to me about how they use these, these blackmail rings, elements of the CIA, uh, and, and foreign intelligence groups and, and how they would basically make people have sex with children to be part of these clubs and these cults they were setting up. And so so, so he, I knew about all this from Ted Gunderson. She was really the pimp over Epstein and a giant sex network ring over scientists that they were compromising uh, so they could control not just government but industry and science. And so that was the master blackmail operation they were running. See, Joe, the, yeah. the, the, they're always saying that I'm making stuff right. up. They're lying. Right. 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 Now, every yeah. once in a while, my memory used to be photographic, but from everything I've done, it's not as good as it used to be. It moves really quick, okay? So when I'm saying stuff, it's just d d data knowledge, okay? And, and then I can, like, okay, yeah, did I say that? Yeah, it's real. Check it out. But I'm not trying to make stuff up 99% of the time. You've been correct about a lot of shit. This is my point from Jump. I think it went a little longer than that, but I just cut it or maybe it just stopped there. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, that's what uh, that's what I, I got in. An, an, I wouldn't say it's an argument, but I got into a discussion with a guy when I lived in New York about that, about like how they use children to to blackmail these guys. And the guy was like, dude, not that many people. Like not enough people want to have sex with children that they could do that to everybody. And I was like, that's probably true. But what they can do is invite you to a party, invite you to a dinner or whatever, slip something in your drink that you don't know about. And next thing you know, you wake up naked in a bed and then they show you a bunch of pictures of you doing inappropriate things with a little kid that you had swear to God that you didn't do. But the photos exist, and now they fucking have you forever. 
So you vote whatever way they tell you to vote and or it could just be as easy as money, you know, like, hey, buddy, you want money? We'll give you some money. Just vote the way we tell you to. And I bet there's plenty of them that are like, fuck, yeah, I'd be happy to do that, sir. Thank you, Mr. Epstein or whatever. And I also am not so sure that the guy you were talking to is correct about that. I think a lot more people than you would realize are into that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, again, going back to stuff David Icke's talking about, like that stuff goes back generations as far as like child sacrifice and all that. And I finally got up the John Wedger uh, podcast that I did, the guy that was a Scotland Yard detective. And, you know, he was the most successful pedophile detective there's ever been. And instead of getting promoted, they came to him and they said, hey, man, you need to back off. You're you're doing too good of a job. You're finding way too many. They, they told him they told him to find like two to three kids in a month and they'd be happy. And he found like 50 in a week. And I'm, I might be messing up the numbers, but he found a lot and he was kicking ass. And they came to him and they were like, this is coming from the higher ups. And he ended up losing his career and uh, it's a very interesting podcast it's almost three hours long but um i encourage people to to watch it and listen to what they did to this guy as far as his career and he just wasn't willing to uh you know to back off of it and he's got some really interesting stories not just about how vile this shit is stuff that i understand why people don't want to watch it because it's fucking gross and hard to hear and if you've got children especially but i think people need to hear it so they know that it is possible that people in the government it's not beyond the realm of possibility i've said this a thousand times that some of these people um could do some of the things they're accused of doing like in the documentary fall of cabal and and all that stuff yeah send me a a link to to that i'll listen to it while i'm driving to springfield tomorrow okay um yeah you might want to listen to it in doses it's kind of you know or maybe not well speaking of like cringy things and this isn't as bad as child sacrifice or anything like that but i've seen a lot of like violent videos on twitter since elon took over and i don't know if that's elon allowing new things or whatever but it's a lot of like Like I saw one that was just like beautiful Chicago or whatever. And it was like 10 people just in a street and one guy like starts firing and the other guy starts firing and, uh, and everybody scatters except for like three guys. And the dude like hits all three of them. And then he walks up to the guy and just shoots them in the head, all of them point blank and then gets back in the car. And there's a girl in the car going, come on. So like, and I feel like that would have gotten removed from Twitter a year ago. And now it's just like, here it is. Here's what's happening in Chicago. And then another one that I just saw today, which I don't even want to fucking mention because it was just like, Ugh. this lady walks into a gas station with an ax in her hand and the people in the gas station are just like, what the fuck is uh, whatever. And they just mind their own business. And then just out of nowhere, this lady just fucking starts axing people in the head. He, she hit like two people and then just walked away. And I don't know if anybody caught her or what, but yeah, it was fucked up, dude. Anyway, here's, Jesus. A- I mean, I don't, I don't know if it makes me a coward, but I think if a woman walked in with an ax, I'd be like, all right, I'm out of here, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'd like, as I'm walking out the door, I'd be like, she has an ax. 
And then I would just leave and run once I got outside. All right. So these next two videos are palate cleansers. These are happy videos to make us feel better after that little talk. Do the uh, the not black kid one first, because I like the black kid one better. So we'll save it. Okay, I do want to say real quick that I have noticed a lot of those videos, too. And I don't know if it's just because the people we follow or what, but um, it kind of illustrates how the media grabs onto certain stories and they run with it. Like if it's if it's uh, violence against a minority or something, you know, they'll splash it all over the news. And if it's if it's 10 minorities beating the crap out of one white guy, they're just like, yeah, right. Yeah, like, like, eh, we don't need to. So maybe that is what's happening is like the mainstream media people are not running the show anymore. The news is now becoming the people, which is how it should have been. And that's what Q said years ago. You're the news now. Yeah. Uh, All right. Here's the uh, non. Look at that guy over there. Wow. Wow. Bring him up. Where's your daddy and your mommy, right? Do you want to go back? Do you want to go back to them or do you want to stay with Donald Trump? Trump. <laughs> He's like, hey, what can I do? Beautiful. What a beautiful boy. What a beautiful boy. Yeah, that was cool. I liked that. Yeah, that was adorable. You think the kid would be like, I don't know. My my son, I don't know if he would like that or not. I think he'd be like, uh, what the fuck's going on? There's a, I, when I was trying to find that video, I found a few others that aren't as cute or anything. And like, it, there's some... He's had some awkward moments, you know, where he's like, you want to come up here? And they're like, Mm-mm. and he's like, come on. And they're like, no, it's like, all right. Yeah. Um, dang it. I forgot what I was going to say. It, oh, it, it also reminds me of the fact that he is a grandpa and all these people that call him like a, a, a anti-Semite and a Nazi and all this shit. He's got Jewish grandchildren and his daughter converted to Judaism. Do you, do you do you think Hitler would be like, yeah, you can convert to Judaism if you like? I mean, I think he would probably put her to death or at least discourage her more. Or, I don't know. It's just so fucking stupid to me. And all these people that scream he's a racist, I'm like, well, why did he get more Republican or why did he get more minority votes than any Republican since 1960? You know, like, look at the facts. They're racist too. Yeah, they all hate themselves. That That Those- literally, though, is what they... They genuinely believe that shit. It just. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of how I'm not racist, he is. This is the video that I sent my ex-friend and was like, dude, I don't think. And this was before I even was really uh, before I liked Trump, before I was still very much on the fence about him. And there's still some things he does every now and again that I wish he wouldn't do or wish he would explain better. But maybe it's just not time for it. But this is the video I sent my friend, 
And I was like, man, I don't think he's the monster they were making him out to be. And if you watch this with an open mind, I think you may agree with me. And he's like, dude, do not send me anything about that man. He has been so divisive and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, well, if you're not even willing to fucking listen to it or watch it. I was like, it takes one minute. He's like, don't ever send me this shit again. I'm like, okay. But anyway, here it is. Uh, first of all, Mr. President, we would like to thank you for everything that you've done for the African-American community so far. We thank you for criminal justice reform. We thank you for the lowest black unemployment rate in this country, sir. And finally, most importantly, sir, thank you for saving America and, and thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Finally, sir, thank you for taking on the fake news media, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Ben. And that's from the heart. That's from the heart. That's what it's all about. Sweet. <laughs> He's a Hitler. He sure is. That son of a bitch. You yeah. can see the, the hate in his eyes. Yeah, and if he's a con artist, he's the best. All right. Well, now that we're on a Trump kick, this is I don't know if my if it'll even let me add it. It's about five minutes long, but I like it. And this was a a Q video Q didn't make it or anything, but it was shared on the Q post years ago. And the title was this video will get Donald Trump elected. And it's just uh, it's a well edited thing to the sound of him giving a speech. Um, and you can cut it at any time, but it's it's good and I like it and I feel like it's worth watching, especially now that it's years later and we can look back and be like, well, he was right about that and that. So we'll see how much more of it comes true. But yeah, if you want to click play on that, then we can watch that unless you want to talk about something else or whatever. Uh, no, I definitely want to watch it. Um, I wanted to say real quick that I'm. You know, some of the stuff we've repeated, but sometimes I'm sure there's a lot of people that are watching this for the first time. I've had people email me recently that say they've just now caught on to this and started watching it and they were good together and blah, 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 which I very much appreciate. Um, but it, I, the, when he first came in, you know, when they were still doing political campaign videos and all that, I remember Hillary Clinton campaign came out with a video talking about, you know, they were showing all this footage of the civil rights movement and like people get, you know, black people getting pulled out of cafeterias and dogs sicked on them and all that shit. And they had his voice in the background, um, which turned out to be him kicking a guy with a KKK shirt out of his rally. But they used that voiceover to make it sound like he was narrating these clips, you know, like, and it was just so disgusting. I'm like, how were they able to get away with that shit? And it's because they are, you know, they own the media, basically. But it was just so vile. And you had so many people being like, we cannot allow this. And I'm like, it's not true. And that was before I even liked him. But that was when I started saying to people, hey, you guys, um, 
if you support Trump, it doesn't automatically mean you're a racist. And to say everyone who supports him is a racist is just as ignorant as being a fucking stupid racist, you know? Yeah. You don't get that point of view. And I'm like, those people will never get it. So anyway. No, yeah, you can't hate anybody for anything except people who hate things. You can hate them. Yeah. It doesn't make any fucking sense. It's like everybody hates something and you're allowed to do that. It's fine. You just can't harm anybody. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, okay. I'm looking forward to seeing this. The movement is about replacing a failed and corrupt political establishment with a new government controlled by you, the American people. The Washington establishment and the financial and media corporations that fund it exist for only one reason, to protect and enrich itself. The establishment has trillions of dollars at stake in this election. For those who control the levers of power in Washington and for the global special interest, they partner with these people that don't have your good in mind. Our campaign represents a true existential threat like they haven't seen before. This is not simply another four-year election. This is a crossroads in the history of our civilization that will determine whether or not we, the people, reclaim control over our government. The political establishment that is trying to stop us is the same group responsible for our disastrous trade deals, massive illegal immigration, and economic and foreign policies that have bled our country dry. The political establishment has brought about the destruction of our factories and our jobs as they flee to Mexico, China, and other countries all around the world. It's a global power structure that is responsible for the economic decisions that have robbed our working class, stripped our country of its wealth, and put that money into the pockets of a handful of large corporations and political entities. This is a struggle for the survival of our nation. And this will be our last chance to save it. This election will determine whether we're a free nation or whether we have only the illusion of democracy, but are in fact controlled by a small handful of global special interests rigging the system, and our system is rigged. This is reality. You know it, they know it, I know it, and pretty much the whole world knows it. The Clinton machine is at the center of this power structure. We've seen this firsthand in the WikiLeaks documents in which Hillary Clinton meets in secret with international banks to plot the destruction of U.S. sovereignty in order to enrich these global financial powers, her special interest friends, and her donors. Honestly, she should be locked up. The most powerful weapon deployed by the Clintons is the corporate media, the press. Let's be clear on one thing. The corporate media in our country is no longer involved in journalism. They're a political special interest, no different than any lobbyist or other financial entity with a total political agenda. And the agenda is not for you, it's for themselves. 
Anyone who challenges their control is deemed a sexist, a racist, a xenophobe. They will lie, lie, lie. And then again, they will do worse than that. They will do whatever is necessary. The Clintons are criminals, remember that. This is well documented. And the establishment that protects them has engaged in a massive cover-up of widespread criminal activity at the State Department and the Clinton Foundation in order to keep the Clintons in power. They knew they would throw every lie they could at me and my family and my loved ones. They knew they would stop at nothing to try to stop me. Nevertheless, I take all of these slings and arrows gladly for you. I take them for our movement so that we can have our country back. I knew this day would arrive. It's only a question of when. And I knew the American people would rise above it and vote for the future they deserve. The only thing that can stop this corrupt machine is you. The only force strong enough to save our country is us. The only people brave enough to vote out this corrupt establishment is you, the American people. Our great civilization has come upon a moment of reckoning. I didn't need to do this, folks, believe me. I built a great company and I had a wonderful life. I could have enjoyed the fruits and benefits of years of successful business deals and businesses for myself and my family. Instead of going through this absolute horror show of lies, deceptions, malicious attacks, who would have thought? I'm doing it because this country has given me so much and I feel so strongly that it's my turn to give back to the country that I love. I'm doing this for the people and for the movement and we will take back this country for you and we will make America great again. Boom. That, I, I felt like there was an echo on it. Oh, fuck. I'm sorry. I, we've been doing that on all these videos, and I totally forgot to mute it. I think that uh, nullified that last time, and I for, totally forgot to do it this time. When I mute my mic, it doesn't do that. Um, so sorry about that if there was any echo. But that video, the first time I saw it, and I have seen it, it gave me chills, and it kind of fired me up. And sometimes when you hear the truth, it just strikes a nerve. And that, to me... If he's conned, conned me, then shame on him. But I don't think it is. I don't think he had any reason to, to, to do this shit uh, other than the fact that he does love America and he knows how the system is and he knows it's all rigged. And it, it gave me chills and it's very true. And in my eyes, from what I've seen, and it just makes sense to me that if the criminals have the keys to the castle, think of what they could do. You know, whether it's drug running or child trafficking or uh, any a number of things, if, if you have the power, then then you can get away with anything. And that's what that plan to save the world 13 minutes is all about. Also, um, bitshoot.com. Go find it. Yep. Uh, have you seen, do you know who Shane Gillis is? I know. I know of him. Yeah. Have you watched his uh, YouTube special? I don't watch a lot of other comedians, uh, but I've watched a little bit of him. I definitely know who he is. 
he's pretty funny. He's got some good, uh, some good Trump stuff. I, I put a clip of it in here, but before you play it, he, he talks about how nobody liked Trump in the beginning. He was like, even if you said that you did, I know you didn't because he was polling at like less than 1% before the first debate. And he was like, my dad used to be like, get this stupid son of a bitch off my TV. And now it's like, what, people can't go to the Capitol? Come on, what's what's wrong with the... But he says it really funny. And like, uh, but this clip that I put up right here is just, uh, it's a little like less than a minute thing of him talking about how to do an impression of Donald Trump. And I like it. Okay, we'll, we'll close out on that. Um, but I would like to say real quick also that uh, speaking of the Clintons, it made me want to pull up this thing I screenshotted that said, uh, report from Breitbart, uh, Soros spends over $40 million, who was at the Clinton's wedding, by the way, um, uh, Chelsea Clinton, Soros spends over $40 million getting district attorneys elected across the United States. And that bastard does that kind of shit all the time. He is a professional shit starter. That's what he does. And because he, he makes money off it, you know, we don't have time to get into all the ways he makes money off it, but he sows the seeds of discontent. That's what this guy does. And he's tight with the Clintons and Clinton released Suzanne Rosenberg and on and on and on and on. Um, they're criminals. That's what we believe. My, I've known Mike Baldwin most of my comedy career over 20 years. He's not a racist. You're not a racist. You've always been a good dude, a kind hearted person. We don't support Donald Trump because we hope it becomes the 50s again. We, that's not what it's about for us. We want, we, we just want the truth to be told to this country, at least as, as best it can be. And that's why we get fired up about this shit. And that's why we say this stuff, even though it's not popular with a lot of people in our business. And I feel like I say this all the time, but it just bears repeating because it bothers me for people to think, it's for any other reason, you know? So, yeah. There. It's just, to me, it's like, once you take those blinders off, you can see it in everything, every news story, every documentary on Netflix. Like I see it every, every TV commercial where it's like, Oh, okay. The kid has two dads. The black kid has two white dads. That's totally normal. And I don't see anything wrong with it. But when I see 10 of those in a row, it's like, so we're just doing all gay dads now. Like that's what the American family is. I saw a meme the other day that said, uh, it, it was one of those two, two part things where it was like what the left says they're doing and what they're actually doing. And on the, on this side, it said, uh, uh, you know, like fighting, uh, for feminism or whatever. And it just showed like a nice girl versus like an angry skinhead guy. And it's like, that's what they say that they're doing. And then the, on the other side, it said what they're actually doing. And it showed like a, just a fat, gross girl with like blue hair. And on the other side was like a husband and wife and their children just smiling. And it's like, here's what they're really doing. And it was like this bitch versus this, like they're trying to just end the normal family because it's not what's normal. What's even normal anymore. And it's like, I don't know, let's at least start with trying the thing that we've been doing for a hundred thousand years that seems to work out okay. 
Yeah, not to mention the fact that they have done studies that people without fathers in the home are more likely to go to prison, they're less likely to finish school, they're more likely to get in trouble. Um, when you destroy the nuclear family, you're just you're just adding fuel to the fire, you know? Like, that doesn't guarantee that you're going to have a perfect life or anything, but uh, it's very important uh, to have two parents in the home. And, you know, I didn't grow up with it. A lot of people didn't grow up with it, but ideally, you know, it is better. You know, statistics yeah. show. It's just... And They're we're not saying that everybody with a mom and dad is going to turn out A-OK. And we're not saying that everybody without a dad or a mom are going to turn out all fucked up. But when you go by the statistics, the people that turn out all fucked up statistically are missing a dad and or a mom. Yeah. 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 We, I don't know. Have- we all play different roles and it's, it's all important, you know? Yeah. I mean, I definitely wish like, I mean, I had a mom and dad growing up, but I wish that there were differences, you know, I wish that I had like spent more father son time with my dad instead of like him just being at work all the time. And like, then just being tired when he got home and like, not, you know, I wanted to like, do sports and like play catch in the backyard and that kind of stuff. And I never really did that. And then I remember my mom being like, you want to play catch or something? I was like, I don't want to play catch with a girl. And I'm like, fuck, I could have got into sports there. My mom was all for it. She wanted me to play baseball and shit. And I was like, baseball's stupid. So, I mean, I definitely wish I had done certain things differently, but I mean, I feel like, I don't know. I probably would have been more, violent i guess if i didn't have a dad around my dad was the one that like he he never my dad never hit me he spanked me once because i stole money out of the change jar and then i was like look what i found and they're like wait did you find that or did you steal it and i was like i didn't steal it and then my dad spanked me with a belt until i admitted that i stole money uh and all that taught me was in my dad's eyes, it taught me to that I wasn't going to lie to my dad anymore. But all it taught me was to never tell him anything ever again. Uh, so he, you know, didn't think that through all the way. But <coughs> where was I going with that? I don't fucking remember. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. No. So my dad would he would take his hand and he would just place it on the back of my neck. And he wouldn't do anything until he did it with like at Walmart in the grocery store a lot. He would just walk with his hand on my neck and then I would be like, ooh, and like try to grab something. And he would just squeeze hard enough for me to be like, all right, all right, I'm not doing anything. And so that was like I knew that he was the powerful guy in control, you know. So when my sisters would be dicks to me, my instinct would be to fucking attack them and. Because, you know, they were 10 years older than me and I was five or whatever. So I would just go nuts. And and it was my dad that was like, you don't hit girls and you don't hit your sisters and yada, yada. So I think that actually trained me how to use my words a little better, you know, and like how to dig and hurt their feelings and shit. Because I I knew that I couldn't physically hurt them, but I could say shit that would make them sad. (laughs) So thanks, dad. 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, absolutely, man. The the last thing I wanted to say this real quick, like this David Icke book that I've been reading, and as it's five hundred pages, and it's not an easy read, and it's it's not just five hundred pages; it's like a big book, and you know, big pages and five. So it's going to take me a minute to read it, but it's very interesting. And what I've learned so far is that, like, he wrote it when there was only forty three presidents, and like at the time, thirty four of the forty five had literal bloodlines to like the British Royal family or something to that, something to like that. Um, the gist of that is that you don't become the president just because you work hard and do the right things and all that. It's all intertwined with like royalty going way back. And if you do the lineage of it, you'll find that Al Gore and George Bush are actually distant cousins like they're all related. They're all in it together. And then when Trump came along, he's maybe the first guy that that did it of his own merit. And people were so sick of everything being so cyclical that they're like, well, let's give this guy a chance. And that's why the news and the media and all the powers that be decided they hated him, you know, and they sent out their little foot soldiers being Hollywood and everything to be like, you know, we have to hate this guy and otherwise we're going to tell everybody that we didn't even talk about the Epstein list, but that never gets old. We'll talk about it next time. And uh, I don't know if what I just said made any sense, but I, I get all no, fired. That, yeah. yeah, it makes sense. And we also I wanted to talk about uh, uh, the Republicans in the in the House trying to pass H.R. 25, I think it is, which is uh, a 23 percent sales tax. A national sales tax. Have you heard of this? No. They want to pass a national sales tax and then do away with the IRS income tax, fucking uh, property tax, all that shit. Do away with all of it and just put a 23% sales tax on everything. Uh, and I don't know how I feel about it, but I know Chuck Schumer doesn't like it if you... Uh, want to watch this one minute video or we can just end it and it doesn't matter. It's all right. We can, we can watch it real quick. Um, yeah. Anything that Chuck Schumer's against, I'm probably for. Because That's I, why I was like, oh, let me look into this. Cause the way he's saying it is like yeah. all these, all these Democrats that are shitting on it are leaving out the part where they're doing away with income tax and personal property tax and all that stuff. So they're just making it sound like they're just adding new taxes when really I don't know. I, I feel like it'll kind of end up being even because um, right now we pay like a state sales tax of like 7% or something. So if it was three or four times that, then I don't know. I mean, if you're buying a new car or something, then maybe it would rack up a little bit. But I, if you're a billionaire and you're buying yachts and shit, then I feel like that's a good chunk of tax money right there that yeah. you're paying in sales tax, you know? So I don't know. But then it also mentions like tax credits and stuff like that for poor people. Uh, I, I don't know, but yeah, just click play on that. And then we'll watch the Shane Gillis thing real quick. And then we'll be out of here in less than two minutes. Okay. So-called fair tax plan is the craziest yet. It's a real doozy. It's hard to believe they came up with it. It would completely abolish the IRS, no more IRS, and just impose a 30% tax on everything. So here, Americans are worried about inflation, and the Republican Party, many of them, are saying, 
we want to increase what you pay by another 30%. This plan is dangerous. It's a disaster. It would impact just about every single American family for the worse. It cannot be understated how devastating this would be to just about every family. It would raise your average grocery bill by $3,500 a year. Seniors who have saved and saved and saved for their retirements. First, we don't know if there'd be any more Social Security, but those who even have Social Security, it would mean they'd have 30% less buying power. Right away, a third lower. Yeah, I don't know. It's something to look into. I read the, the thing earlier. It's a short little read, but it's on my phone, and my phone's being my camera right now, so I can't look at it, but... Yeah, well, like like I said, I mean, to quote Bill Hicks, uh, Chuck Schumer makes me want to vomit blood. So, um, <laughs> you know, that guy makes me sick. And, uh, you know, he's also related to Amy Schumer, which I'm sure that that has nothing to do with the fact that she's famous. But um, nothing at all. But, yeah, that's it's like what you said. The fact that Chuck Schumer is is adamantly against it makes me think, oh, well, this must be a good thing because yeah. he's full of shit about everything. So. The fact that he hates this must must mean that it's a good idea. Yeah, him and Schiff and Pelosi. I just I have I have a hard time understanding why people uh, are okay with any of those guys. They're just something they can't even hide how evil they are. You know. Anyway, uh, we'll close it out with something funny. Um, thanks everybody for tuning in. And uh, yeah, I might say we. You know, there's always so much fucking stuff to talk about. Probably, so much. Yeah. Um, all right, here we go. Here's uh, Shane Gillis, very funny dude. The one thing that sucked about Trump losing was, for me, was because I just figured out kind of how to do his voice. <laughs> Which, that's kind of a bummer that I just... It's not hard to do Trump. It's very... All you have to do, that. Just do that. Do that a second off from where it should be in the sentence. And then all you... Like, you don't have to sound like him. All you have to do is like get his cadence down. It's very easy. All you have to do is like describe something and then say you described it that way. That's it. It's every time. Like, you, what a big room this is. I walked in here and I said, wow, what a big room. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> every time. I think that's it. He does like three or four examples of that throughout his set, but I thought it, I, it was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I would like to see the bit you were talking about with his dad. Um, it's that same. It's his specials on YouTube. It's all free. Um, okay. w definitely worth watching. And he's got he does a sketch thing with another guy. I forget the guy's name, but they've made some sketches. Some of them made me laugh heartily. Others, I was like, eh, OK, I can see the humor in that. But there's yeah. a few that are really good. That's a funny dude right there. Yeah. All right. All right, buddy. It's a good podcast. I appreciate you uh, taking the time, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Have a good day, everybody. Goodbye. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. Episode 23. I can't believe we've already gotten 23 of these. Um, there's always so much stuff to talk about. We didn't even get to some of the stuff that we want to talk about, but, um, man, it, it, just gets, it just gets crazier all the time, and yeah, I won't even talk about some of the stuff that I want to talk about because we'll just save it for next time. But 
God bless all of you. Thanks for tuning in. Go to Making It Happen, M-A-C-A-N, ithappen.com. How about a little Bo Making and his family? As always, thanks for the support, and God bless all of you. Take care. Bye-bye.